This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, friend of the show, Ren Carruthers, joins us again today on Ponies 24-7 as the road to the Kentucky Derby stops at Tampa Downs this afternoon with the running of the $400,000 Tampa Bay Derby, the headliner of a stakes-filled race card with five stakes races on tap today at the Florida Racetrack. The Tampa Derby is a grade two event at one mile and one sixteenth on the dirt, and as a major Kentucky Derby prep, the winner will receive a lofty... 50 points towards a berth in this year's Derby Wren, who is a regular Tampa handicapping analyst, is known as the Petty Geek because of her extensive knowledge of thoroughbred pedigrees and also an award-winning writer combines genetics and confirmation with traditional handicapping when making her selections. Very interesting. Today, Wren will put a handicapping hat on and analyze today's Tampa Bay Derby for our listeners and talk about some of the other stakes races on deck today. Tampa Bay, really looking forward to that. In addition on the show today, friend of the show, HBPA Ontario President Sue Leslie will join us once again. And Sue, like the entire Ontario thoroughbred industry, is really looking forward to April 16th when the 2022 Woodbine thoroughbred season will open. Sue, who has dedicated the better part of her life to the sport of horse racing, be it breeding, owning and training thoroughbred horses was elected to the Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame in 2020 and received a special sovereign award in 2011 for her dedicated work within the thoroughbred industry. Shortly, we will hear from Sue and we'll talk more about the upcoming Woodbine racing season and some of the initiatives that the HBPA of Ontario will be working on in 2022. Also today, Garnet Barnsdale is a veteran standard bin handicapper and better who has worked with Ontario Racing and is also an analyst for the Daily Racing Forum's DRF Harness. Garnet remains a regular follower of the harness racing product around North America and in particular Woodbine Mohawk Park and other Ontario Racing standard bread tracks and is also a past president of the Canadian chapter of the United States Harness Riders Association. Garnet will join us a little later in the show and shed some light on how he handicaps the harness races and he will take a look at tonight's Woodbine Mohawk Parts racing card and racing try to find out a couple of possible plays. That's really cool. There's lots to talk about when we welcome Garnet Barnsdale to the show today. And finally, while he's back, my co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks Today sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show. So you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news, including a recap of last week's two major Kentucky Derby preps, the Fountain of Youth and the Gotham, and some other racing news from both of the thoroughbred and standard bred sides. Hey, Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. 
Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All righty then. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert on all things ponies, Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you, my friend? I'm doing okay. How about you? Good. Very good. Lots going on in the horse racing world, including simplification, winning the Fountain of Youth. Uh, that's a pretty impressive win. It was an impressive win, and unfortunately, there was a couple of horses go down in the race in the stretch, and Paco Lopez, uh, who finished second in the race, is now being given a suspension for some rough riding. Oh, really? Yeah. and Because uh, yeah, I know that was trending. I didn't know that had gone through, Larry. Yeah, yeah. He uh, it was just announced uh, the other day. So, uh, yeah, it, it was uh, simplification looked very good. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to say he was as dominant as what he looked, but I think because of the what was going on behind him maybe helped him get a little further ahead. But... Uh, that horse is getting better. So, uh, uh, and you know, you you don't know the, some of the horses that were in behind there. You, uh, you don't know if they were how much they were bothered by the incident in the stretch and that. So that happens, doesn't it? Sometimes it does, and it's part of racing. And uh, unfortunately, I think Paco made a little bit of a misjudgment there. And uh, you know, it, it was lucky that the. Uh, uh, Joel Rosario and Luis Sayas, the jockeys that went down, uh, just had a couple of minor scrapes in that, but uh, it could have been worse. Well, okay, well, there was drama there. Maybe a lot of people's attention didn't realize that Morello had such a strong race in the Gotham. Yeah, he's it's a, he's an amazing story. He just seems to be getting better and better and better, and uh, uh, it's a good story because it's owned by uh, a couple of people that, uh, you know, small-time owners and that, so... Uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how Morello can fare against the uh, horses outside of New York. A couple of Woodbine notes are the slots uh, announced for the Mohawk Million, and Jim Lawson's got a, a busy, busy weekend. Well, Jim uh, is in Florida. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that he's in Florida. Because Wouldn't you uh, be? I would be with, if I've got a horse in the Florida <laughs> Oaks. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's got Mrs. Barbara, his uh, three-year-old filly. And when we had Jim on the show last, he had talked about how Mrs. Barbara is out of a mare that his father uh, had owned and Jim was able to repurchase this mare and she was actually in full to Mrs. Barbara. So it's a, it's a great story. It really is, yeah. Uh, the horse has got the rail today. 
uh, in the the Florida Oaks at Tampa. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed, uh, Rafael Hernandez, the regular jockey here from Woodbine, is riding uh, the horse. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed for Jim that uh, everything goes safely and uh, he gets a nice check in there. And the Mohawk Million Slots. Mohawk Million Slots, uh, there's nine of them. Uh, and th- basically... Uh, the way it works is that there's nine of them have been sold at a hundred thousand, and now between now and the race itself, which is in September, uh, that person that has that slot can uh, either keep it, and if but if they don't have a two-year-old trotter that uh, you know at that time of the year, then they can sell it or even lease it to somebody else to use it. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting to to see what happens over the next few months. And once the two-year-olds get out, uh, you know, in the uh, late spring and that, you'll have a better idea of, uh, you know, what the people are going to do with their with their slots. So, Oh, this is awesome. Friend of the show, handicapping analyst, Ren Carruthers, joining us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Today, this Saturday, Ren will have her handicapping hat on and analyze a tremendous card of racing at Tampa Bay Downs. Five stakes races, including the whopping $400,000 Tampa Bay Derby, a top Kentucky Derby prep with 50 all-important points given to the winner. Ren, as always, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. So let's get into the, the big one, the Tampa Bay Derby. How do you see it, Ren? Okay, well, I'm boring because I'm not going to give you some long shot on top. I'm not going to play against Classic Causeway. This horse, I was so impressed already by him because when he was entered into Sam F. Davis, he was coming out off a layoff, having last run in the Kentucky Jockey Club, and that is looking like the most key race of all the preps we've seen so far. I mean, just the quality of horses that have come out of there. For example, the winner, Smile Happy, he had a solid return off the bench in the Risen Star. He ran second, but he put up a 94 buyer figure. You had Classic Causeway himself come out when the Sam F. Davis off the bench and putting in, I mean, just, this is a horse who can, he's got speed, but he can carry it a distance. That is very dangerous, very formidable. You have the third place, White of Barrio. He went ahead and won the Holy Bull, put up a 97 buyer figure, and he won the Holy Bull four and a half lengths the better of simplification. And we just saw simplification put up a 96 winning uh, the Fountain of Youth. Unfortunately, we had that incident in that race, but still, Simplification just a wonderful, talented horse. And you even have the seventh-place runner in the Kentucky Jockey Club. That was Call Me Midnight. He went on to win the Lecomte. That race loaded. We're seeing such quality come out of it. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going against Classic Causeway. He obviously loves our track. <laughs> so that's, that's going to be the top pick. I will say I am quite interested to see what the Chad Brown horse is going to do. That's money supply. He's making the second start of his career. Basically walked out of the gate on debut, sprinting six. That is a bit of a speedier pedigree that he has. Um, but he does have uh, his mom being a daughter of Candy Rise. So I think it's certainly possible he could get a mile sixteen. Larry? How about... Uh Happy Boy Rocket, uh, Ren. Like, I'm not a big fan of playing a horse that just broke his maiden in a stakes <laughs> race, but this horse looked pretty good. Third start off the layoff. He's got a, you know, plus 14 between his two buyers uh, and pretty decent yes. trainer in Bill Mott, right? So, you know, this, this horse might Oh, improve. yeah. Oh, yeah, you definitely, you definitely have reason to like this horse. Um, yes, we saw him make a significant figure jump. He went Lasix on, blinkers on. He's coming, the Lasix is coming back off because you can't run with the Lasix. 
uh, in these preps and in the Derby itself. But I don't think that's what caused him to improve so much. I think it was a combination of getting to go around two turns and getting the blinkers going on. One happy out of a pulpit mirror. I mean, obviously this horse, uh, $490,000 purchase. They, they knew he had something there. So, yeah, I definitely think your horse has some upside. Well, Ren, we're both big fans of Todd Pletcher, and Major General 9-2 seems like a decent play as well. Yeah, Major General, this is a horse who I'm hoping we can see make a progression. Uh, obviously, you could say, well, what has he done wrong? He's won both his starts. Yes, but he is going to have to improve from a figure standpoint to compete here, and I think he can. Um, it, you can be a totally different horse going from late summer into fall into then coming into your three-year-old year, and I think this is a horse who's got a pedigree that does get better with maturation. So I definitely think that, uh, as my friend Paula Duca loves to uh, say, leave out Fletcher, leave on a stretcher. <laughs> Larry, that's gold. Larry, take it. <laughs> Talk about the uh, the dirt. I can't take credit for it. That's, that's Paula Duca. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's. Talk a little bit about the dirt surface at Tampa. It's it's a lot different than what the horses are used to running at at Gulfstream and some of the other tracks, isn't it? Well, I, you know, I think it's quite fair. I, I think what I see time and time again are the horses who, if you do your work and and you can see uh, a horse has a particular form, that form will run true to style there at Tampa. I think it's super fair. It's super safe. Um, horses aren't going to lose because of bias. I've only seen one weekend where the track was playing kind of wonky, where the inside wasn't good. Um, but other than that, I, I think I, I think you see the horse they are when they run at Tampa. I mean, I love your hashtag, Pedageek. You have a very, very unique and special way of <laughs> handicapping, Rand, and, and, and it's very unique and very successful for maybe the listeners uninitiated. What is it about your style that maybe separates you from other handicappers in North America? Oh, I thank you for saying that. I, I do like to take it. If the race calls for it, obviously, if we have a horse who's run X amount of times, the pedigree's thrown out the window at that point. You know who the horse is. But I certainly love to get an edge in races where you have lightly raced horses, horses trying something new for the first time, uh, things of that nature, where I have the ability to go back and look at the pedigree and figure out, well, maybe we have something here that other people are overlooking where the horse is predisposed to have more success in this situation than what he's been doing. Um, I, I think a lot of people think it's as easy as just going back and looking at catalog page and going, oh, well, this horse has got a ton of black type. He should be great here. <laughs> but it's not. It is absolutely not. You have to look at it as a puzzle piece. You have to have a good understanding of what those horses with the black type were doing when they got that black type. It can sometimes be a little bit misleading. Sometimes you can have a horse get a stakes placing and the field was a five-horse field. Um, so it, it goes into much more than that. And it's, it's interesting, too, because you'll see early in the season, I love Saratoga because that's where you see a lot of these two-year-olds obviously debut. Um, and in the beginning of the meet, it's not necessarily the horses who are the best bred of, of the, you know, the blue bloods, right? Sometimes it's just the horse who has just got a tremendous amount of precociousness in the pedigree, just horse after horse that it's related to that was a winner at two, even if it was at a minor bush track. And those horses earlier in the season can beat the, the better bred horses. You just have to be able to identify it, and that's how you work out a price. Larry? I guess 
one race that people up here will be looking at, uh, Woodbine followers, and that very closely is the ninth race, which is the uh, Florida Oaks, because the, the number one horse, Mrs. Barbara, owned by uh, Woodbine CEO Jim Lawson. So uh, uh, talk about that race for a minute, Ren, and, and what you think of uh, Mrs. Barbara's well, shot. And- well, I'll tell you, I think Mrs. Barbara has a big shot in that race. I think she's overlooked on that morning line at 6-1. to one. Uh, I watched the Natalma back in particular, and I was just kind of struck by the fact that she had drawn wide that day. You had Wild Beauty, who was in from overseas. Wild Beauty, a, a, a nice horse from over there. She actually went back, got the three and a quarter length by just a monster filly in a group one named Inspiro, who ended up being Cartier champion, two-year-old filly. Um, but Mrs. Barber, not only had she drawn wide, she went super wide into the turn for home. Um, and then she was still kind of green. She, there was a bit of a lead changing back and forth in there that she was doing. Um, in part, it was sort of a combination of being green and another horse sort of uh, brushing by her, which sort of knocked her off balance a little bit, looked like. Um, but also in that race, you had Pizza Bianca run second, and she went on to win our Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf. But yeah, Mrs. Barbara, obviously we saw her come back. She then got the main broke. She then won the grade three Mazarine. I, dual Hall of Famer Mark Cassie. What's not to like there? I will say my top kick in the race is actually part of the home team that we've got there at Tampa, and it's the Mike Deeney filly, uh, and her name is A Little Love and Luck in Post 7. Um I was just really impressed by the fact that she obviously won the ginger brew and, and fun fact there and here regarding that race. And <laughs> I'm going to mention this tomorrow. So she wins the ginger brew state. Well, her mother, her own mom um, actually beat ginger brew by two and a quarter lengths back in the day uh, in the dance smartly. And so I thought that was pretty funny that here her mom beat Ginger Brew and then she won the Ginger Brew stakes. But in any case, she beat a nice field. She beat uh, Apollina in there. Apollina uh, came back to win the sweetest chance over another horse that's entered in this race, and the Um But also a little love and luck earlier in her career. Unfortunately, she had to knock heads with the likes of Hottie in her second start. And Hottie, a really well-regarded horse for Chad Brown, who was getting a ton of buzz at Breeders' Cup, and that really did put in a strong performance. Um, she she had gotten disqualified out of that September 17th start, then won a main special weight by four, and then she came within three-quarters of a length of uh, Pizza Bianca in the Breeders' Cup. So, little love and luck. I think she's just got a ton of class, and it would be really great to see the home team take it uh, for Mike Deeney. Speaking with award-winning writer and a top-notch handicapper and analyst, Ren Carruthers, you also do some handicapping for the Woodbine Thoroughbred Meet. And I think a lot of listeners would wonder, does your approach and style change going from the track in Tampa to Woodbine? Only in so much as we're now looking, obviously, at a different surface for the main track. Uh, but other than that, no, I, a handicapping principles for me are, are grounded in, a, in the same foundation. I'm looking for horses uh, who have shown if, if speed is going to win a race, right? If a horse has speed, whatever the distance is, the speed is going to be relative to the class that the horse has. So a horse that is not that I'm necessarily looking for front runners, so to speak, although they'll stay out of trouble more than a horse that has to close and potentially get stuck in traffic, right? So you'll look first to see if you've got a speed horse who has the class enough to take it all the way. And and if you don't, or if there's a endurance of speed, a horse that can close and has that tactical ability to get through traffic and not get stymied. So that's the first type of things I look for. And speed against better is always going to be 
something that stands out. If you see a horse who's dropped in class but got the lead, for example, against the main special weight group, and now you're dropped to a main 16, uh, obviously that horse is going to catch my eye. Um, but the, the principles themselves, I think, are, are tried and true in handicapping. We're not reinventing the wheel here. Um, and, and the one thing I will say, I think people are, would always love if they could just compute this all through one program and the program tell them who the winner is going to be. You could probably get a <laughs> likely percentage, but at the end of the day, these are still animals. They are still living, sentient beings, and they can all have a bad day, just like we can. Well, not not Larry, but yeah, I, I see what you mean, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've been at this game for a while, Ren. Was when you were first starting out, was there a handicapper that you maybe followed, and you, you kind of liked the the way that that person, you know, handicapped, approached the race, and that, or was this just something that you kind of gained going on, going forward? I think it was, you know, I don't know that it was so much that I had a handicapper that I looked to exactly. I was just born in it. I was born, um, my, my parents owned a thoroughbred farm in Michigan. So I was raised right there on the farm with all the horses. That's why I'm such a, a petty geek, uh, why I love uh, the breeding theory behind all of it. And so when you grow up, um, not only seeing the horses being paired and then the progeny come out and then the horsemanship that goes into that, but then you're going to the track and you're watching them run. It just is something you, you get like by the osmosis of being in the atmosphere, you know, being there. <laughs> and, and it's it, it just, you hand, you start handicapping your own horses shot when they're running. Right. Um, so I wouldn't say it, it, it's anything of so much as having a, a handicapper that I looked up to, although I will say that I would say if anybody's ever looking to get handicapping, this is all new to them. You got to start with fire on speed. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Ren, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the race. Uh, it's going to be really, really exciting to see as we get closer and closer to the Kentucky Derby. But for all listeners, this is a big treat. Thank you so much for joining us, Ren. Oh, thank you so much, guys. All the best. When we come back, HBPA Ontario President Sue Leslie, friend of the show, will join us again on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Hang on. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. 
This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, HBPA Ontario President Sue Leslie joins us again today. And like everyone is looking forward, greatly looking forward to the date, April 16th, opening day for the Woodbine Thoroughbred season. Sue, as always, welcome back to the show. We're all huge fans. So are the listeners. It's a real treat. Hello. Good to be back. Well, Thank you. well, you're very welcome. And Sue, here we are, mid-March, uh, counting down the days, everything getting ramped up of Woodbine for the third bit season. This is such great news for everyone involved with horse racing in this province. Well, that's for sure. And in particular, our owners who have been uh, so patient the last couple of years through COVID and their horses couldn't run and they couldn't get in to see them. And we're looking forward to having a regular season this year and everybody being able to participate hands-on. Overall, what kind of year was 2021, Sue? Like, we know there was COVID, there was restrictions in that, but obviously the wagering helped, correct? The wagering did help. I mean, you know, a lot of our wagering, unfortunately, was outside of Ontario, Mm -hmm. um, and it's much more beneficial to uh, both the horsemen and the racetrack operators to have Ontario betting. But all in all, considering covid um, I can't say it was a horrible year, but in terms of owning horses and participating and having the normal enjoyment of going and being able to see your horses and bring your family and friends, that was interrupted greatly. And uh, I give a lot of credit to owners who have hung in there. Looking ahead to 2022, what are the top priorities for the HBPA? I think, as I just said, it's welcoming back owners. As we all know, Owning horses is not a money-making So We're working hard on that, you know, trying to put things into place that will give owners uh, a reason to come to the track and enjoy themselves. Having new fan engagement and attracting new owners is essential, correct? We just do not have the ownership that we need to um, fulfill, you know, quality racing, which I think is so important. So we hope to be able with with COVID kind of subsiding, we hope to be able to do our owners' appreciation day again, which is a nice luncheon from them. It'll be nice if we can get back to having a um, you know somewhat normal type of atmosphere in the Woodbine Club. There's lots of there, there's lots of possibilities. We've got we've got to just take it a little bit more careful that uh, COVID doesn't rear its head again, and then we've got to turn around and disappoint people. So. But I think all in all, owners should look forward to the season. We've got a great stake schedule. We've got great purses. You know, there's lots to look forward to and be energetic about. Um, I know Ontario Racing is working with the HBPA to try and bring new owners into the business. We've, you know, we've set up some new programs for that. Uh, hopefully that'll bring some success to us. But I, I really think most owners come out of owners who are already participating, bringing friends and family involved. So we've got to look after the owners we've got, and that should help us bring in new ownership, I hope. And over the last few weeks, we've talked to a few, spoken to a few people involved with Woodbine, and, and, and they've gone into details about the Woodbine thoroughbred season, April 16th, and a lot of the stuff going on. Fort Erie gets underway at the end of May. What do you know about Fort Erie and some of the things that horse racing fans can look forward to to that track? 
Well, I will say this. Uh, Fort Erie, for the money that is afforded them, have really, really done a good job. I, I take my hat off to management down there. They absolutely make it a priority to try and accommodate horse people, and they certainly try and make the experience for the owner as good as, as, good as they can. Obviously, they have limited funds for purses, um, so people down there are definitely running horses for the joy of the experience. It's, it's a beautiful little track. The infield is great. The track surface is great. Um, you know, since that was replaced years ago, it's, it's really stood up well. And it, it does give horses the opportunity to run on the dirt. So again, think with limited funds, they've done a great job. And I can tell you, they bend over backwards for the, if we've got a problem or we call them about something, they're on it. That's good to so hear. It's a quaint little town that looks after their local and their local horsemen. It's a place to be. You've been in the, the business for quite a while, Sue. What was it that attracted you to, to becoming part of the horse racing industry? Well, to be honest, my husband was uh, instrumental in that because he loved betting horses. Hmm. And that's how we got involved. We used to go to the track weekends to enjoy the atmosphere and the betting. And on my end, I've always been a huge lover, horses included. So as much as betting was fun, I was struck by how magnificent the horse was. And I am to this day, to be honest. Um, I was just at a training center earlier this morning, and they are just, they're magnificent. They put you in awe of them. So that's what attracted me. And then, you know, we decided to buy a couple, and then we decided to buy a couple, and then we decided to build a farm, and... We, we, we put a major, major investment into it. Unfortunately, my husband got ill, and uh, he wasn't well the last few years, so it required us to cut back a bit. And then when he passed away, I had a decision either to run a farm or run at the racetrack. I couldn't do both, and so we ended up at the racetrack. Sue, what is it about horses and horse racing that once you get into it and into the business, that it never leaves you? Well, for me personally, it's it's the awe of the horse. It's the it's how hard they try for, and and how they adapt and listen and take direction from humans and from jockeys. It's you know they're so big and they're so strong, but they succumb to us. And I mean, this morning I'll tell you just a quick story. At the training center I was at one of the training. Uh, trainers there have uh, Josie Carroll actually has a foot vibration system that helps circulation in the horse's legs. And when I got there, they had a filly on it, and I have uh, circulation problems in my legs. So she said, "Hey, why don't you jump on with the horse?" And I'll tell you that 15 minutes with the horse, her nibbling at me and winking at me and giving me a little nudge now and then as I patted her. It's, it's wonderful. There's just no feeling like it. And this is after 40 years. So we need owners to be able to have that hands-on experience. It's something we need to do better to get owners back to the barns and really interact one-on-one with the horses. Because you just realize how wonderful they are. And, and one of the good things about 
the horse racing business too, as as we all know, is the you know camaraderie between the people in, involved. Like yourself, you had the opportunity to train horses for you know several you know athletes and hockey players and that, and uh, you know like it, it, there is that camaraderie, isn't there? Oh, there sure is. There sure is. And if you can get lucky, because there is a certain amount of luck in the business, you can get lucky and have one or two horses that are really competitive at a higher level. Uh, you just have so much fun, and it does draw people together. It, it encourages, if you have one that you know is going to run kind of good, it encourages people to bring their friends and their friends. And uh, that really is what it's all about. It's, it's a social event as much as it is trying to make some money. It's a social event where people gather to enjoy the whole atmosphere. And to this day, I watch people when their horses win. I mean, you watch them cry, they weep, hug, jump up and down, scream and yell. It never gets old, Jim. It just never gets old. Speaking with Sue Leslie, the president of the HBPA of Ontario, and Sue, I, I, I think about the future. Gambling is definitely, and sports gambling is now unleashed in the province. It's here to stay. How does the HBPA Ontario coexist with gambling in Ontario, and how does it help or hurt horse racing? Well, that's a challenging question, and we're in the early start of it. Um, I think there is a way for horse racing and sports wagering to interact. And of course we also have the eye gaming that's going on online. I think there is a way for us to share in the revenue that would benefit uh, the sports books as well as benefit racing, but it's tricky, Jim, it's tricky. And we're in the early strides of it. So far there has not been a sports book open in Ontario other than OLG that offer it, but we're in negotiations and, and conversations with both Woodbine and OLG and DCO to try and make sure that they don't forget about horse racing. And our teletheater network is second to none. It's, it's just a very obvious place. It's all set up. It's ready to go. HPI is in place. Um, it, it would be kind of silly, really for someone not to take advantage of that and us and us participate that way. Who ends up with actual sports books? Does one end up at the track or does one end up in the casino at the track? That's still up in the air. Um, so when I say we're in the early stages, it's all hands on deck, but we don't have any definite answers yet, Jim. But but obviously, Sue, one of the, the problems, I guess, is we can't let it cannibalize horse racing, can we? No, we definitely can't. And that is a strong possibility that that could happen. So we're all over that too, and so is, is Woodbine. I mean, we, we made a joint presentation to the government, which thankfully got the legislation changed for parimutuel wagering. And, you know, I'll give credit to uh, Woodbine for leading that. Um, so we're in the next phase now. We all know that this is going forward. And... We've got to make sure that we participate and we've got to make sure that, you know, should the casino, for example, at Woodbine get a sports book, that that doesn't end up with our customers sitting in the casino instead of sitting in the grandstand. 
we're very aware, Jim. And so are the smaller tracks, like a small track like Fort Erie. Very, very important how this goes forward in terms of their being able to share in revenue somehow. It would be if we can get the right deal cut and participate the way we should, it would let us get off of government funding, which we which we desperately need to do. Fantastic. Sue, it's always an absolute pleasure to have you on. Continued success, and let's have a great year of horse racing in this province. Thank you very much. I'm sure we will. Thanks for everything you guys are doing to keep it live. That's what we do. Thanks, Sue. Talk Thanks, to you Sue. later. After the break, when we come back, friend of the show, Garnet Barnsdale, will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HBIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HBIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, Garnet Barnsdale is the harness racing analyst for the Daily Racing Forum's DRF Harness and can usually be found any place where there is a harness track nearby. And Larry Simpson had the opportunity to interview Garnet earlier and talk about what else, harness racing, and some secrets to how he handicaps. Okay, Garnet, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, yourself. Uh, right now, you're a Mohawk analyst for uh, Daily Racing Forum. Uh, How'd that gig start? Yeah, I've been doing that for about eight years. Um, I got contacted by Derek Givner, uh, who's the editor of DRF Harness. I guess he's seen, uh, I was kind of putting some pics out on the on the internet and stuff, and I had a, I was pretty uh, active on social media, just kind of um, discussing racing and, you know, always uh, kind of shooting pictures and videos from Mohawk and stuff like that. And I guess he, uh, he had an opening, um, Greg Gangle, had, had either I think he'd left um, he was doing that job and he was also working at Mohawk at the time so he, he asked me if I wanted to do it kind of on a trial basis and I and I said sure uh, it's kind of a dream job for somebody that's that's been a lifelong uh, you know I've been playing horses for probably close to 45 years now and kind of grew up uh, grew up hanging around Greenwood Raceway 
which I frequently refer to as the best track ever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, kind of writing that. And then um, John Sisko, who used to work for Ontario Racing, uh, contacted me. We had lunch one day um, at Grand River on Industry Day, and he ran a few ideas by me. We kind of exchanged ideas and came up with uh, Tips from the Pros, which is a section on their website. Uh, myself and a couple of colleagues, we handicap every B-track in Ontario, and it gets uh, posted on there daily and sent out over Facebook and, and Twitter, and um, we enjoy doing that as well. That's uh, amazing. Like, how, how much time does that take to handicap all those, those racetracks? <laughs> I find um, Mohawk takes me longer. It's a little bit more involved. I think when you uh, when I'm handicapping the B tracks, especially in the summer, you have this you see the same horses pretty much all the time. Like I, I don't spend a whole lot of time um, handicapping per se, as opposed to uh, when I open the program, I pretty much know right away who the best horses are in like a seven thousand dollar claimer. Right? They're not, they're not all created equal, and those are. The most races of any type are 7,000 claimers in harness racing in Ontario, and you get to kind of you kind of get a feel for the difference in uh, in in class levels even because some are conditioned claimers for non-winners of X amount of dollars in their last three, where others might be restricted to horses that have won over a certain amount in their last three. So, um, to, to answer your question, Mohawk usually takes me about two hours from the time that I open the program, handicap, and write it. And a track like, let's say, Leamington, where you may have shorter fields and kind of see the same horses every Sunday, probably takes me about an hour. Okay. Um, now, you mentioned earlier about starting at, at Greenwood, like everybody pretty much did back in the day. Uh, what was it that really got you interested in, in harness racing uh, at a young age? Well, um, my dad used to drag me to every track that the- <laughs> Pretty much, right? We'd go from Greenwood to, to Woodbine to Greenwood, do double headers, made some trips to Fort Erie, trips to Garden Garden City. But one thing I noticed about harness racing was it wasn't little people riding horses. Um, I, I realized quite early that you know maybe anybody could do it. So uh, you know, at certain points, I had dreams of maybe being a driver or something like that. But um, uh, that that kind of um, pulled me more towards harness racing, I guess, than the thoroughbreds at a certain point. Right. Okay. And was there somebody when you were growing up that uh, you maybe idolized as a handicapper? Like in my case, uh, I worked along with with Al Stanley, a renowned uh, handicapper of of the Stanabreds and Stanley's Law book and that. Uh, Was there somebody like that that maybe kind of mentored you along? Uh, I, I was a uh, Tom Ainsley guy. I got, a, oh, really? I got Tom Ainsley's complete guide to both uh, thoroughbred and harness. Um, and Ainsley actually had a numerical system that back in the day worked very well. Back in the day before, you know, supposed so-called super trainers and that kind of thing. So um, it, would, it, it was him. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll pull his books out and, and read them. I know maybe they're not... You know, maybe they don't apply so much in, in 2021 as they did, let's say, in the late 70s or 80s. But it, it was, for me, it was him, Tom Ainsley. Okay. Now, you've been handicapping for a long time. Uh, do you have any favorite handicapping angles that you could share? Yeah, I have, I have, I have a couple. Um, there's, there's one that I, 
and I like I call the uh, failed first over trip, which often produces big prices next time out. Where horses, uh, you know, they're, they're the first ones to move on the outside. They either try to rush to the front, or, or maybe they try a more grinding move. They don't they don't make it. And uh, one of the reasons that this will work next time out is drivers will often look for an easier trip, knowing that that one didn't work. And you know, based on the horse's finish position, quite often they back up in that race where they they tried the first over trip. They'll go off at much higher prices, so uh, that that would be one that I use uh, frequently. That that is, is uh, paid paid off handsomely in some cases, and then um, you know I think the key to handicapping harness racing really is <clears throat> you look for changes. What changed from last week? Um, you know the easiest things to look for obviously are post position, driver, barn changes, but uh, also. Um, you know, kind of the complexion of the race. Is this a speed horse that got cooked last time or, or you know, wasn't able to make the front and might be able to control the race now? Um, things like that. And uh, just kind of knowing, you know, I mean, the best angle of all is you got to watch the races. You, there's so many things that um, you see watching races that might not appear in a program. So um, if you're the kind of better that just... Uh, doesn't really watch the races or make any kind of notes, whether it be written or, or mental notes, um, and you're just going with a program. I don't really like your chances facing somebody like me who's doing the work. Right, right. Okay. What about uh, the bet back system? Like if you bet a horse today and it, and it got beat and it comes back and races next week, do you, I was always taught if it, the horse was good enough to bet today, then it's going to be and doesn't win, then it's good enough to have a bet on his next start is that something you agree with not so much no i think uh i see a lot of people say uh they've been chasing this horse for a while kind of thing i think the key to any kind of betting is understanding that every race is different right i i, I might like like the horse next week if i think um it's got a good chance based on a number of the factors that we already discussed so um if, if I bet the horse and I thought it got a bad trip and it got it got boxed in or it was loaded with pace, couldn't get out or was outside too long or any other various reasons to get a bad trip, I might bet it next week. But I'm not tied to betting a horse uh, next week because I bet it tonight. Okay. Now, what's the biggest difference you've seen in, in handicapping, say, harness racing over the last few years? Is it... Uh, Basically, uh, uh, is it more difficult now because the, the fields are more competitive? Uh, you, at Mohawk, you've got a 7 8 mile track where it used to be a 5 8 mile track. Are, are all those things that, that play into uh, you know making it a, maybe a little bit more difficult? I, um, they race a lot. Dif they race more, uh, much more differently, I guess, on the 7 8 mile track. It seems to be a more... Uh, more patient approach where a lot of times they'll just sit until the last say five sixteenths of a mile and then the flow starts so uh, it's a lot it seems to be a lot more speed favoring than it ever was um, and uh, the post positions uh, are, are much different like the middle of the gate seems to be the best post it's it's hard for somebody that grew up always uh, understanding that the rails the best post in harness racing to wrap their head around uh, the rails not the number one post, which isn't even a rail anymore, I guess it's along the pylons, it's not really a good post at, at Mohawk anymore because uh, if, it's really hard to try and leave quickly from there because if four or five horses are leaving from the middle of the gate, 
it's uh, it's an eighth of a mile stretch to the first turn. So guys are going to just keep driving on, and you, even though you might have a horse that seems quick enough to leave, you might end up fifth or sixth going into the first turn. So, um, but I, th- I think the number one difference is, like I said, it's um, for whatever for a number various reasons it's very much speed favoring uh equipment uh equipment's lighter um you know the the driver's leaning back i think spreads the field out more so it's um it's it's some nights it's really hard to find a price because um there's obvious horses that are figured to dominate and they do right and you talk about drivers there's not really catch drivers anymore they're professional drivers right they're uh you know, back in the day, uh, a trainer would drive his own horse for a bit, and then uh, somebody would, would catch drive it. And but that's changed. Yeah, I mean, really, they're all catch drivers, but trainers mm-hmm. don't drive them much at all, unless uh, unless you know. Sometimes with young trotters, they might get on them for a start or two, or a qualifier, and then a start. But um, yeah, it's 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 the same guys uh, in the same races. You know, same night, but um, you don't see trainers driving much anymore. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. Well, let's let's put you to work, Garnet. Uh, sure. Uh, tonight's card at uh, Mohawk. Give us uh, a couple of plays that you like. Uh, I, I don't like to say I love a horse very often, <laughs> but um, in race four, I, I really feel strongly about number nine, Priceless Beach. If you watch, if you watch his replay from uh, last Saturday night. He left, and I think I believe he was third, turning for home. And he had a lot. James McDonald had a ton of horse looking for room. He finally got a split about halfway down the stretch, where it looked like um, he was going to find a way through. And if he did, he was going to win the race. I'm sure of it. And right at that point, a horse that was kind of just a little bit in front of him and kind of in his path a little bit broke and went up in the air, and uh, Priceless Beach almost went down. Um, but uh, I'm sure that if he uh, if he got the room that night, he would have been very close, if not a winner. And now he gets to drop in class because he missed a check last week. So I think Priceless Beach for me in race four, he's number nine. He's a single for me um, on, on that night. And another one I like in race 10, I made my spot play on the RF Harness, is Texas Mickey. He's got the outside post. He seems to fit a lot better in this specific class Saturday night. And I think... He's probably going to get an aggressive drive uh, leaving from the outside post, probably make front early and hopefully lead all the way. Okay. Now, before I let you go, I just want to ask you, you had mentioned earlier about Tom Ainsley and that, and Tom Ainsley is obviously one of the most famous thoroughbred handicappers that ever bet a horse. Uh, Do you still play the thoroughbreds? I do. Not as much as I used to, but... um I play them on the big days, and, and every once in a while, I mean, they're running all the time, right? So uh, last night I had the I had the uh, TV on watching Mohawk, and then like even after Mohawk, sometimes I'll open the program and play a few races from Australia. I like those those races, but yeah, I, I do play them, but not as much as Harness anymore. Okay, and uh, well, Garnet, thanks for doing this. I think uh, it's been very. Uh, uh, informative for our uh, listeners and uh, good luck at the track oh thanks Uh, uh, I'm happy to come on anytime and uh, I enjoyed it 
After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some recent action today around North America, including Woodby Mohawk Park, the Meadowlands, and of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's much-anticipated Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at ontarioracing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Alrighty then, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his always sizzling hot Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It burns my fingers even saying that. Larry, take it away. <laughs> it's like it's like you're getting a fajita at a Tex-Mex grill. It's just yeah, like with, sizzling hot takes. With extra hot sauce. Extra, hot, extra sauce. hot sauce. Okay. All right. Let's start at Gulfstream. Uh, Gulfstream has a 12 race card today. Uh, race 8 is a mile and 3 eighths on the turf. It's an optional claimer uh, of $35,000 claiming price. A purse is $61,000. The number two horse, Arturo Toscanini. Good name. Good name. It's an Irish bred uh, by the great sire Galileo and will be making his second start at the side of the, uh, the ocean. Arturo Toscanini started for the first time on January 5th, which was his first start in the Mark Cassie barn. And considering he'd been off since June last year, he didn't fare that badly, beaten four and three-quarter lengths. But he did have a buyer speed figure of 81, which is uh, comparable to what he's in against today. But it's also important to note that that race was taken off the turf oh. and was raced on the new poly track at, uh, at Gulfstream. So uh, uh, a couple weeks later, he was entered again to race and the race was taken off the turf. So Mark scratched the horse. So he's had a couple of uh, maintenance work since then. 
And uh, he's worked well, and I think he's found a cozy spot today if the race stays on the turf. Uh, he should like the distance. He was stakes placed in Ireland in May last year in a, in a grade three. There's no grade three horses in this race today. So Gulfstream Park, race eight, number two, Arturo Tuscanini. Well, a great name, great pick. And next? Okay, Oaklawn uh, Park features uh, the grade two Azari stakes today for a purse of $350,000. It's for fillies and mares, four-year-olds and up. Uh, nine horses have been entered for this stakes. The number seven horse, she dares the devil, another good name, mm. makes her first start of 2022. And it's interesting that in this race last year, uh, she made her debut uh, for the year for 2021. Oh, no kidding. And she won the race. Oh. So she hasn't raced now since November when she was in the Breeders' Cup uh, uh, distaff and finished, I believe she finished sixth in there. And that was after being in a bit of a speed duel. Uh, but it, I just think it's kind of interesting that she was off last year in like 2020, won this race in 2021 in her first start, off now since, you know, 2021, and, and November. back again. Back in the same race today. So there's a lot to like in that. This mare is very versatile. She can lead. She can just sit off the pace. It gives uh, jockey Flo Giroux, friend of the Flo. show, uh, some options. Uh, she's made over $2.3 million, so she's no slouch there, hmm. and has been a picture of consistency with nine wins and 17 lifetime starts. And it doesn't hurt that Flo's riding and Brad Cox is training because they've been just white hots. Absolutely. No, seriously, Flo yeah. and Brad. Have, yeah, they, that's, they, that's a combination you want to play, and that, I play them all the time because they're just uh, top trainer, top jockey. That's, that's a big angle. So Oakland Park, race nine, the Azari Stakes, number seven, she dares the devil. And and I'm glad you brought that up. It's like a coach quarterback and you know, the NFL. Sometimes there's a great combination. There's one there. What's your next pick? Okay, Wood by Mohawk Park has an eleven race card. Uh, race nine is a one mile pace for purse of twenty eight thousand dollars. The number one horse, commanding officer, has spent his last three starts in the preferred class, which is the class above where he is tonight. And although he wasn't embarrassed, he wasn't able to win. So the sixth-place finish last week has allowed his trainer, Ben Ballerjone, to drop commanding officer down tonight, where he was super competitive four and five starts back with a win and a third. So the rail post should give driver Sylvain Filion some early options and should uh, help get commanding officer a great trip. So a winner of 4-11 in, uh, in 2021 and two of six so far this year, I think you can see commanding officer make some noise tonight. So Woodbine, Mohawk Park, race nine, number one, commanding officer. Awesome. And finally? Finally, we have the Meadowlands. Uh, they have a 13 race card tonight. And race one is a one mile pace for a purse of $21,000. The number four horse, Rapper's Delight A, has been a picture of consistency uh, up to his last race. Uh, Raptor's Delight had won three in a row prior to last week where he stepped up in class and he went first up, parked out on the outside for half the race. He was still only beaten three and two, three-quarter lengths despite this rough trip, and his connections drop him down in class tonight where two starts ago he was an easy winner. So with very little speed inside tonight signed on, I think you might see Raptor's Delight's driver, Andrew McCarthy, leave, get some rail control early, and then he gives him some options uh, for the rest of the race. So the Meadowlands, race one, number four, Rapper's Delight A.
Beautiful. Hello, Mark, to our friends at Horse Racing. As always, thank you for your support and thank you for all that you do for horse racing uh, throughout the Canada. It's greatly appreciated on the show by Larry and myself. Thank you again for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the new issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page lymphoma.ca slash ponies as even though the silent auction's over you can still donate to a great cause stick around 105.9 the region all weekend long the legend and warmers next with the feed york region's only magazine show i'll be back here monday morning enjoy the races have a great week and we'll talk to you soon take care loving it ponies 24 7 the radio magazine with jim lang and larry simpson has been brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park ontario racing and rocket ship racing Tune in next Saturday morning at 8.30 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.